Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Reimagine the Future of Work podcast by Deloitte Southeast Asia. In this series of talks, we cover topics ranging from new ways of working to latest trends in work, workforce and workplace and the impact of technology on all of them. We also discuss how organizations across Southeast Asia are developing leaders, managing remote teams, as well as the demands on the workforce of the future. I'm Indranil Roy, your host, and I lead the Future of Work program for Deloitte Southeast Asia. Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Reimagine the Future of Work podcast. Ever since the pandemic happened, a lot of organizations are focusing on recovering and thriving in the new normal. While uh, there are many decisions that are being taken and many refinements that are being made to business models, talent and talent management has taken center stage. Talent can be overlooked to some extent in this period, leading to burnout, overwork, and high attrition rates. Today, we want to discuss this topic with somebody who is dealing with this successfully in the Philippines ecosystem and building a fantastic group of talent to build a fintech major in the Philippines marketplace. And that organization, that product, that brand is Paymaya. So Paymaya has led the way in ensuring that it has a 700 plus strong workforce that is highly skilled highly motivated and well-equipped to propel the company and the country into the future. So today's episode takes a look at the talent strategy of Paymaya and the partnerships that Paymaya has forged to ensure that they remain unscathed in the disruptive future. And I'm delighted to have with me today, Carla Chari Lanza. Chari, as she is called, is the Chief People Officer of Paymaya. She heads the People Group of Paymaya Philippines, Inc., and her insights and perspectives of human resource management and corporate culture are as rich as the history of the company itself and its role in the digital transformation of emerging markets. Chari was, after all, part of the telco startup that was Smart Communications in 1996 and is today leading the people function at Paymaya. So Chari, welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Indro. Uh, good afternoon, good evening, good morning to all our listeners right now. Just to give you a context of Paymaya, Paymaya is the only end-to-end digital payments ecosystem enabler in the Philippines with platforms and services that cut across consumers, merchants, communities, and governments. It provides more than 38 million Filipinos with access to financial services to its consumer platforms. It's Smart Padala by Paymaya Network serves as last-mile digital financial hubs in communities, providing the unbanked and underserved access to digital services. Through its enterprise business, it is the largest digital payments processor for key industries in the country, including everyday merchants such as the largest retail, food, gas, and e-commerce merchants, as well as government agencies and units. So that's who we are, Indro. Fantastic, Shari. Fantastic. And 38 million, that is a big number. So congratulations Mm -hmm. on the growth that you've seen with Paymaya and wish you all the best as you expand the business even further. But I wanted to focus today on the question of talent. 
And as the chief people officer of PayBuyer, talent strategy clearly is something that you are paying a lot of attention to. So tell me a little bit about the talent strategy that you have put in place to acquire and keep the fantastic talent, the digital talent, the enterprising entrepreneurial talent in PayMaya. So what are some of the features of your talent strategy? Well, actually, Angel, the pandemic taught three simple learnings that have profound impact on our people. Uh First of that is our work-life balance. It is crucial as we know it. But what really keeps people thriving is passion. And the second, our employee experience. It's no longer one size fits all, but it has become more personalized during the pandemic. And thirdly, leadership matters, but empathic leadership matters a lot more. So it's important that uh, we start from that. So to give you a context of who we are, because from the very start, we have been attracting specific breed of individuals who are personally passionate about changing the lives of many Filipinos. They have grit. They are tech-savvy, and they are drawn to solving difficult challenges. So, Indra, when the pandemic happened in the Philippines and globally last year, our line of business was considered by the government as an essential service, just like the other financial institutions like the banks. So that meant we must be open to serve the people while the country is on lockdown. That sent a powerful sense of social obligation to all of us. We may not be medical frontliners but we understood our role in helping the public stay safe. Our PayMaya e-wallet has turned into a channel where millions of Filipinos receive their cash aid from the government. And we help small businesses, which is now fueling the economy of the Philippines, to get paid instantly even without an e-commerce website. You know, you don't need to have your own website because it's so difficult and quite, quite um you know, costly to put it up by yourself, especially if you're just a small business entrepreneur or entrepreneur. So all they need to do is send our payment links or PayMaya QR via social media, messaging apps like Viber. So you've seen how Viber has become very, very popular during this time, email or even SMS. And these are just some of the stories that help us put our work in perspective. Our work here in PayMai has a purpose greater than any one of us, and that's building an inclusive community with technology. And purpose, as you all know, is a very powerful motivator. If you look yep. at our employee engagement, Indro, you know, we have this engagement platform, which we have um, used for several years already. We do that on a regular basis, unlike the traditional engagement platform that We commonly use, like we use it annually, but this platform, we use it on a monthly basis. So based on our survey, consistently, we have received a high engagement score. So the purpose, the work that I do, as it is uh, put down in that sentence, is very high. And that is what uh, fuels the purpose and passion of our people. So purpose and passion, that is what is drawing the best talents to come and work for Premaya. But you are also the destination of these fantastic digital talents, but you're also a target, I suppose, for a number of banks and other institutions that are looking for the fantastic talent that you already have in your organization. Now, I know that so so many of the banks are now going in for digital licenses. The banks themselves are transforming. They are moving into more of the fintech area and digital banking. How are you protecting PayMaya from being the talents at PayMaya, rather, 
from being poached by some of these organizations, the larger organizations, the global organizations, some of the tech players, some of the e-commerce players. You know, what are some of the strategies that are working in terms of making sure that these purpose-driven talent that you have stay at Paymaya? To give you a context also of uh, what the organization looks like, Paymaya is one of the companies in the Philippines with the highest concentration of professionals with degrees in engineering, business, and sciences. So you're right, we're the poaching ground of these kinds of talents. And majority of our people graduated from the Philippines' top university. So it's an actual innovation hub. No other company in the Philippines has the technologies and capabilities to serve both the consumer enterprises via our e-wallet and our acquiring and agent network businesses. In other words, our talents are in demand, and this is where Paymaya players or other fintech uh, players in the country find talent, especially in this exciting field. So, into the pandemic has changed our relationship with our people too. We are increasingly investing, not in employee. Okay? So, what does that mean? So, we are more focused on the person, our people's lives, health, and well-being. During the pandemic, we realized that it's now not just looking at our employee experiences. We also have to look at their life, life's experiences. It's not just the organization that's doing the work. Individuals' well-being is a shared responsibility, actually. So, yeah, this realization has turned into what we call an organization-wide mantra. So during the pandemic, uh, we had to keep our engagement high also, sustain the engagement of our talent. So we initiated this four C's mantra, which we call it. We had to ensure that we are connecting to our people meaningfully. We are having cadence with them. We are building a community with them. We have to ensure that we share common interests with our people. And most importantly, this is an opportunity also to provide continuous learning to our people. So when we talk about connection, our leaders put their time for meaningful connections with them. Leaders listen intently and proactively acted on their needs. And it's also important that we connect to their families, right? As what we've mentioned, it's not just their employee, the employee experience, which matters to us, but also their life experiences. So we connect to their family. And during this time of need, we have also opened our well-being programs and fund activities to our people's family network. Actually, we have extended a lot of our health services to their families as well. So also on cadence, like we, the tendency, right? You experience that. I know some of us or most of us have experienced that our, our time never stops because you get into series of back-to-back calls in a day, right? So uh-huh. we know that our people need a personal space, family time, and a breather during work hours. So that's why we said to our teams that, we must respect each other's time also, personal time. So our day-to-day operations, such as reviewing, example, reviewing legal documents have now become digital and automated. So we become more efficient. In fact, just to give you an example, um, Injo, like our finance team, initially before the pandemic happens, they have already lined up a lot of projects which they really plan to automate. Actually, to be specific, 45 of their processes or their projects have been lined up for automation. And within a period of February to October last year, they were able to implement all of those automation and it saved 
a total of 64 man hours of um, work that has been saved. So we have to ensure that uh, we make the lives of our people easy. And we have to ensure that they have time for their personal matters, even during work hours. We are very persistent in establishing rhythm and bringing the personal to the professional space. We also build community of interest in Joe. We have employee volunteers that allow people to pursue personal interests, build interpersonal relationship with the peers. So we encourage them to help each other. It's like we have this community of interest, which we call Strength in Numbers, where they organize community projects to help communities in their neighborhood who are who might have been needing support for their essential needs. So they put together this team to help their community. And another one is, as I've mentioned, continuous learning. You know, during the pandemic, we launched our Paymaya Academy. So it's an innovation that has been very much appreciated by a lot of our employees, especially our Gen Z and um, millennial workforce. So we launched Paymaya Academy as the company's end-to-end virtual learning program. The Academy provides our people with means to learn at their own pace, exchange knowledge with subject matter experts, and collaborate and discuss with their peers. In fact, last year, 93% of our employees have completed their self-learning courses. And uh-huh. this is on top of their individual's learning activities, such as brown bag sessions for our engineering team. So those are the things that we have done to continually engage our people to ensure that they are focused, not looking at outside opportunities to help them pursue their passion and at the same time pursue the goals of the organization. So basically, you're focusing on the human experience and the life experience over and above the employee experience, which is specific to how the experience works. That's and correct. Their work environment. That mm-hmm. is fantastic. And, and, mm-hmm. and I'm sure a lot of the good outcomes that you're seeing from an engagement perspective come from the fact that you are taking a very human centered approach to looking at employee well being. So, congratulations on that. I wanted to ask you something which has been a challenge for a number of the fintechs that I've worked with, right? Mm-hmm. So, you have, as you mentioned, your very young tech savvy talent who are probably millennial, but increasingly Gen Z. Mm-hmm. And then you have, because of the nature of your business, you, I'm sure you have a number of people who are coming in from a financial services background who are a little bit more senior, a bit more experienced, a bit more perhaps conservative, I'm guessing, <laughs> in terms of their outlook to life. I do not want to generalize, but you know, on an average, I would say. And very often in fintechs that are really successful, they find a way to make these two groups of employees to work together. What has been the PayMy experience with that? Just to give you this statistics, a few years ago, 84% of our people belong to millennials. Now it's just 68%. And our Gen Z population has grown to more than 20%. And there's still a portion of the millennial. They would say that they are the last straw of the millennials and still some <laughs> a small group of baby boomers. So it's kind of multi-generational, but leaning towards more of the young population. So, you know, these kinds of talents that we have, the workforce, the majority of the workforce are very much driven, full of energy and very aggressive, okay? Very highly competitive also. And 
also longs for mentorship. And that is the role of the more mature leaders in the organization. They provide that kind of a balance. They provide mentorship. They provide that kind of an experience on how to be a leader, a true leader in the organization. So it works well together in the organization. It has made us realize that the toll of work on people's lives has been affected, right? With these people are beginning to assess what they are looking for in organization and companies. And there's a demand for more compassionate and empathic organization. So I think that's where the wisdom of the more experienced leader comes into place. So you can observe this in the shift of talent behavior, most especially in the kind of workforce that we have. As they get older, I think they would realize that they need to be more emphatic because the young population are very competitive and aggressive, but they are being mentored by a group of leaders who can provide this kind of emphatic leadership. And this kind of emphatic leadership is beginning to be espoused and is beginning to be practiced by even our young leaders because they have experienced it themselves that understanding your life situation, your personal work life is very important to be able to work better, to be more productive in your work if your leaders understand your personal circumstances. Right. So the empathy in leadership and the mentoring that the more senior leaders are able to provide is a key part of this working well. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. So I really like this human-centered approach that you're driving. And you talked about personalization, moving away from kind of the segment-based approach of a traditional employee value proposition, right? And I want to dig into the personalization aspect of it, right? Not every manager is able to fully understand the complexities of what an individual employee is going through in life. How do you bring that human-centered approach to life for every manager in the enterprise? Our employee value proposition before, uh, Indra, was focused more on employee experience. So we have to make sure that their journey in the organization is well taken care of from the time that we got in touch with them to the time that they get onboarded, they get to uh, be promoted, and to get to be engaged inside the organization. But during the pandemic, we realized that we have to focus more on the employee as a person because work is just a sub-element or a component of the employee's life. So we focus on how can we help them manage their personal life or personal circumstances right now. Because when you are working from home, you are not just focusing on your work. We experience this among our female workers they have children, they have kids to attend to, especially when kids started their school at work. When we have work uh, from home, they also have school at work, right? So we have to ensure that we give them opportunity also to attend to their kids at school, to attend to their household chores, especially if they have a family already. So we give yeah. that opportunity for them to have that kind of a work blend. We actually, we call them work blend when others call it work-life balance. So we have to ensure that they have time to attend to also medical needs, actually. They have that kind of an arrangement with their leaders to ensure that the work is not affected. We are more focused on the delivery of results rather than quantity of time allotted to work. 
as long as they know that right. gives us a blend of um, a work life in the organization. It's more focused on ensuring that our leaders, even the, the employees themselves, understand their own personal circumstances, which should be blending with the work that they do, and also their team members' uh, work-life experiences. I like that term work blend mm -hmm. rather than work-life balance because, yeah, you're right. I mean, with work from home, one thing blends into another, bleeds into another, right? Work bleeds into life and, and vice versa. As we come out of the pandemic, hopefully in the next several quarters, and you look out at the next two to three years uh, of Paymaya's growth, what are some of the challenges that are net new? What do you foresee from a talent strategy perspective over the next couple of years, Cherry? I see two important trends here. First, organizations that embrace work-life blend will become the magnet for purpose-driven young professionals. The impact of the pandemic will be felt permanently across industries. And with that said, this is going to change the way people want to work and view work. In fact, in our case, once our people are fully vaccinated and we are set to test and learn a hybrid work arrangement where our people would primarily work in the office with the option to work from home one or two times a week. And this is part of embracing our work-life blend to its fullest. But of course, we know that this is a discovery phase that uh, we have to go through. And the important thing is we evaluate, we listen to our people, what is effective, what will make them work productively and work better and engage more with the organization. And as I have said earlier, learning is a powerful motivator for our young talents. And organizations should future-proof their talents by investing in their capacity and education through upskilling and other activities. And we have started this early on, as I've mentioned, when we launched our PayMai Academy, where Actually, we put three elements in that kind of uh, learning delivery. We put forward our virtual learning delivery, our experiential, and it used to be physical. But uh, since we are limited by physical, by our work from home arrangement and by, by the pandemic, we put more focus on our virtual learning experience. So upskilling and making sure that your employees are ready now and the future is very important. Second, Data will inform organization in terms of acquiring and retaining talent. With the help of talent insights, organizations will continue to attract talents elsewhere, especially when the local supply is low. In fact, we have experienced that because of the platform that we use and because we are now working uh, remotely, we have expanded and we have um, cast our nets wider. So we're able now to attract talents globally. Of course, we have done that before, but so much so now because we have enabled people to work remotely. So we were able to attract more talent globally. And you know very well that digital tech talents are not so much available here in the Philippines locally. So we have really to look outside. So data is very important. With the speed of innovations in AIs, machine learning, we see that personalized experience will become a more micro-nano experience. We call it in marketing as nano experience, really targeted experience for our people. We will see organizations being able to immediately act on their people's needs by looking and analyzing their digital footprints. We have our engagement platforms, which provide us with, with the data on 
what drives our employee, what keeps them motivated, and what factors will really make them more engaged in the organization. And it goes down to the leader. The leaders are being pushed by all of this information to make sure that their interventions, the action needed are done immediately so that employees will feel that they are taken care of, that the company and their leaders are really after their welfare and after and making sure that they succeed in their work while they are attending to their personal needs. So right, those are the right, important right. things that we really need to look into. So that's fascinating. So what are you saying is that in a couple of years' time, maybe a significant proportion of your workforce would not be based in the Philippines? And yet you have to build, because you're a purpose-driven company, you have focused on work-life blend as the premise of your strategy, you need to use data to be able to fulfill those needs of people around the world who would be working potentially for Paymaya. Is that right? That's correct. In fact, we have a lot of them right now across the globe. So we are seeing a lot of our talents being uh, working remotely, uh, especially our technical talents. But of course, there are some activities which you know should be done or are more effectively done on a physical basis, like our face-to-face basis. But uh, largely, uh, being a tech company, you can do a lot of your activities remotely. It is fascinating to me to hear about the move towards more of a work-life blend, if you might, and not thinking about employee experience as an experience that is just focused on work, but also experiences on the family front, in life in general, and how you're building empathy in, in managers and leaders to be able to really engage with people at that level, at that very human level, mm-hmm. is wonderful to hear. I mean, it took a pandemic to... Mm-hmm get us all human-centered again. What an irony. But I'm really delighted to hear this, and I wish you all the best in the journey ahead, and we will be cheering you on. This is a fantastic business and an enterprise that you're building, so congratulations and keep going, and thank you for spending time with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Indra. Thank you for this opportunity to share our experiences to all. Thank you. Thank you, Chari. You have been listening to the Reimagine the Future of Work podcast by Deloitte Southeast Asia. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe to our channel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher.